Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I said a band jamalam, a bing bang boo, a band jamalang, a bing bang boo. Uh, welcome to the CBBS Go Home podcast, uh, the podcast that takes uh, a very different look to children's TV. So if you stumbled across this and are sitting down to listen with your child, please don't remove them from the room before continuing to listen. Uh, I am Cami, and joining me as always is the uh, band jaminal. To my Yolanda, it's James. Band Jaminal. I don't want to. I, doesn't that cross over into being some kind of. Um, what did I say? I couldn't, but you can't have a meaty chutney, can you? A band Jaminal. Yeah. Animal Jam. You could, you could probably try to imagine you can turn anything into a preserve. Yeah. Uh, Cam will go through the uh, email addresses and such like in a second, but if you do know how to uh, create perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps like a, a, a beef jam, is that not just, is that not just kind of I've got, overall? Uh, yeah. here we go, meat jelly. Mm. You can get meat jelly. They uh, have a uh, a restaurant in Falkirk in Scotland called Meat Jam. Of course they do. That sounds very sounds very Falkirk. It does, doesn't it? We can see what the menu is. See what the menu is for meat jam. Uh, oh, sadly we can't get the full can't get the full menu on meat jam. It's just it's based, what, it's it's based just, on an industrial estate, which isn't uh, doesn't fill me with fucking hope. hell. <laughs> get your meat jam from an industrial estate in Falkirk. <laughs> Right next, right next, fresh from the abattoir next door. Fresh from the abattoir next door, yeah. It's, um, yes, in the, in the same building, you've got a bunch of uh, illegally here lads from Eastern Europe who are uh, <laughs> sewing footballs, you know, in terrible conditions. Yeah. If but, you know yeah. how to get hold of some meat jam, uh, then please get in touch with us on Twitter at CBBS Go Home, and you can also email us uh, with any threats of legal action for. 
slandering your meat jam business in Falkirk uh, by emailing cvbsgohome at gmail.com. Um, we'll start as we always do, and I'll, I'll go with you, James, first. Um, a pitch for a CBBS program this week. You know how on CBBS they go, they have not only like their, their panto type shows, but they have, have you seen their kind of adapted and reduced Shakespeare that they do? Yes. Often turns up on a Saturday morning. I'm thinking that really, if you're going to combine that uh, desire to be highbrow and the other kind of ubiquitous um, force and CBBS, which is uh, Justin Fletcher, I was thinking, could Justin bring to the screen um, a version of uh, Nabokov's Lolita? So, <laughs> so Justin would be Humbert Humbert. Um, well, of course, I, I mean, I, you, uh, yeah, without, he's so, I don't, there wouldn't be much needed to persuade me. I think, <laughs> I think it's possible that he could, I mean, if, if we want to reduce perhaps some of the kind of terrifying aspects of it, might he just play all of the characters? I think so, yeah. <laughs> As I usual. Think he'd have to, including Lolita. Yeah. Just, um, Justin Fletcher's Lili- presents Humber Humber's Lolita. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Mister Mister, I'll tell you. Yeah, so, so so we've got so we what are we thinking? Are we essentially? I mean, essentially, you could just have a whole episode of if you also kind of switch the gender of the Lolita character. Essentially, what you have is is the kind of Mister Tumble section of something special anyway because the Lolita character then becomes Mr. Tumble. Grandad Tumble is then the Humber Humber character and then Aunt Polly's mm. the, the the naive mother. Yeah, potentially. I mean it's almost if that's what he's been hinting at all along. And then Lord Tumble is the rival pedophile vying for, for the affections yeah, yeah, yeah. of Mr. Tumble. I mean that is the other show, isn't it? Like you have a kind of uh Gladiators style show, or like a kind of Takeshi's Castle style show, maybe, which is called Rival Pedophiles. <laughs> and they just battle it out in a series of tasks. Yes. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's got legs. I think we've talked yeah. about Mr. Tumble late night before with him in a pair yeah. of see through PVC mm. trousers. I'll, I'll let you keep up. I'll let you keep up on the word, but yeah, it could work. Um, my idea. I hope, I hope they did take your warning to stop the kids listening to this because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of explaining uh, in the textuality to to wade through at this stage. Yeah, hopefully it's all gone over their head. Um, my idea was um, to have a program called Justin's Mouse, <laughs> right? And essentially, it's it's basically. Do you remember? It, Late night on Channel Four, they used to have. Um, it was called Space Theater Three Thousand. I think it's on Netflix now. And essentially, it was a robot, two robots and a guy, and they would sit and watch really bad B movies and then commentate over the top of it. Okay. So it's like that, but then so it's like a mouse sits and watches either Giggle Biz. He's in the studio. It's a mm. studio mouse. 
and he watches Justin kind of do giggle biz and then just comments commentates on how bad it is. Is that on a goggle box? Yeah, but with a mouse. Because yeah. babies, so it's got to be that. It's called Space. I'm sure it's Space Theater Three Thousand. I'm surprised you. Don't, do you remember like Channel Four back in like the late late nineties used to put put on like really weird stuff on like two in the morning. Yes, mystery uh, science, is... mystery science theater. Okay, that that rings more of a bell. Yeah, mystery science theater three thousand. It was a man and two robots, and they were just sitting watch really bad. Really bad B movies, so it's that, but with a mouse, what and just critiquing, critiquing all of Justin's shows. Seems in, including his, uh, including his uh, adaptation of Lolita. <laughs> coming this, coming this spring. Wrong choice of words, but yes. Um, this week we're going to look at probably one of the better things on CBBS, and and at some point we were going to have to address the fact that there are some good things on CBBS. Um, hey, no, we- hey Dougie being one of them. I mean, Hey Dougie's. I mean, it's untouchable. I've got lots of theories about Hey Dougie and what's actually going on. I mean, he's another potential wronging. But we'll come on. To oh, he's another. not. I'm. I'm not going to have a word said against Dougie actually. Yeah. Because that that would be like that would be like discovering after all these years that. Uh, Jimmy Savile had been uh No, no. I mean that was that was clear to all concerned. Like it like like if we discovered Attenborough was a wrong one, you know? Yeah. I think I hold okay. Dougie in the same esteem. Uh, well, I, I, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. I, I, I yeah. I think we'll leave him as untouchable. I mean, Yolanda's jam band and maybe you might have differing opinions on this. I think maybe because I've been through CBBS now for five 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 and a half years. What a surprise. It's, five years. Yeah. It, it kind of at this point, it's a bit like um, Stockholm syndrome. You know, mm. I'm just I'm I'm in it, so my threshold for what's bad has been significantly lowered. Yeah. So this is, I mean, essentially, Orlando's jam band. It's like later with Jules Holland, but better and with less boogie woogie, and it's for kids. But do you not feel there's a, a certain? I mean, what? what... This okay, so this is one of the better things on CBBS. But my concern is, is that it might just be like indoctrination. So like it's the kind of like um, like Hitler Youth to Jules Holland's like full on Nazi party. So what? This is ent- this is like an like an entry Jules. So this is how kids get in. Yeah. Jules Holland boogie woogie. Yeah, absolutely. So like um, you know, one minute. You're kind of being taught some musical terms and introduced to kind of different musical instruments. Next thing you know, it's a bit like, oh, look, it's uh, Paul Weller's got a new album, everyone. <laughs> Jules is going to accompany him, like, you know, some kind of boogie woogie gerbils. And uh, and then, then, then that's it, they're gone. They've got to accept that, you know, they're, they're like new bands, but only new bands are. Uh, could find acceptable, yeah, and that are on, yeah, are on uncut samplers mm. and listen to compilation albums that they buy from service stations, yeah, the full Clarkson. Well, there is that. I hadn't considered that angle, I have to say. I mean, and I think that probably the, the, the we looked at two episodes. I mean, the first one we looked at was the one with Maximo Park, yeah, in it, and I mean. <laughs> There's probably a heavy element of that to this. I'm not going to lie. There is definitely a heavy element to this. Um, the thing with 
the thing that kind of lies at the heart of this, I mean, should we, should we establish the, the, the premise of yeah. Yolanda? So, in essence, you've got Yolanda and her saxophone and her uh, band. Um, the band Jaminals. The band Jaminals. And they basically have some guests each week and they teach kids about musical instruments and musical terms, but it is very much in the format of Jules, an educational Jules Holland. Yes, and the band Jaminals are... the, the Essentially, they all look like ca- kind of characters from Nathan Barley or from behind the glass in Toast when he's doing his recording studio thing, like really insufferable hipsters. Yeah, it was um, quite a kind of. Uh, oh, there's a moody. Uh, there is a moody female bassist, and you know, I, I, who amongst well, us hasn't hasn't lusted after a moody female bassist in our time, James? Well, she she's she's not the bassist; she's the guitarist. And and if you look up Sophie Lloyd, uh, as I was in research for this, and it does <laughs> research in comments sound like research for this. She is kind of uh she has an alternate career as like a kind of shredding rock guitarist and uh also has um is not adverse to a slightly raunchy picture. How exciting. So, Maybe well, one for Dad's net. <laughs> oh, dad's Dad's net is very much uh requires a VPN, I believe. <laughs> Um, the 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 most kind of troubling member of the band Jaminals for me is Andy, the keyboardist slash singer. Yeah, I've written down just based on the Maximal Park episode. My instinctual reaction is just my note just says keyboard player colon dreadful hypercolor prick. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes deeper than that though because, and I was trying to do some research on the band Jaminals, but I hadn't I hadn't got gone as deep as you because I I really struggled to find out who they were. So I couldn't really find much about Andy. So I could no. be, I apologize to Andy if you're listening, and I could be making some horrendous sweeping statements. But that that's what this podcast's all about is making us yeah. horrendous assumptions about people and then following through on those stereotypes. But he he comes across as some sort of dreadful public school type mm. who's then become a hipster. And I think I, I was okay with him in this episode up until he started singing in Jamaican patwa. Yeah, it, it, it's very much uh, not acceptable, and there is a um, there is a sense that he believes himself to be the brains behind it. He believes himself to be funny, but he's failed to realise the limitations of his career choices. Yeah, he, he's essentially a glorified children's entertainer at this point. And if you accept that and you embrace it, like Justin, then. That's fine, but he, the the delusions of grandeur are the issue. Yeah, I didn't. My I jump. They then kind of. I think in every episode they they start with one of their own songs to kind of get the kids in in the studio audience. I'd like to see some celebrity kids if they're going to fool Jules. They might as well just do it and have like kind of Topsy and the Tim on a table in the corner from going interview to find out how their careers are going halfway through the episode. Or just. Well, top the thing is, Topsy and Tim now are probably because it's been a few years since that show finished. They're probably like a decent age. Well, I so forgot. Well, I forgot to mention in the last episode that uh, Tim provides the voice of Hufty in Rara, and Topsy is the voice of Coco and Bing. 
I thought you were going to say hufty from the word. <laughs> um, no. Another one, another reference for the kids there. Um, the song that they do with their own, this one, <coughs> the robot song or whatever it is. It's jumping on our toes, it's called. Because you can imagine that that would be something that Steve Lamack would still quite happily play if that isn't damning it with faint praise. It did have an element to that, but it also sounded like a, a kind of parody song done by Adam Buxton. Yeah, it did. Um, it's the kind of thing that I would happily put on in the car for the kids in order happily? for them to stop. Well, no, only in order for them to stop forcing me to listen to Mr. Tumble's version of the Macarena. I, I just, you see, I, I think, right, did they discover that on their own? Yes, because they went to a friend's house who had an Amazon Echo and they said, play the Macarena. And Amazon Echo played all the versions of the Macarena that were on Amazon Music. And that included Mr. Tumbles or Justin Fletcher's version of the Macarena. Mm-hmm. And now they prefer that? Yep. Hamburger leaves, bag of lettuce, tomato. Hamburger leaves, bag of lettuce, tomato. Hamburger leaves, bag of lettuce, tomato. Where are the onions? Fucking Justin. Yep. You see, he must be laughing up his sleeve at that point, isn't he? That he's getting away with that. He's basically sat in his kitchen and written words to the Macarena based on things he can see. It's mm. uh, see what you can see, isn't it? It is. Uh, Literally, yeah. um, but this is not. This is jumping on your toes. Uh, like I said, I, I wouldn't mind listening to this on repeat. I, I haven't listened to it on repeat, so I, I might, I might regret that. But it's bearable as far as children. Oh yeah, goes. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Aside from when Andy slips into the Jamaican patwa. Yeah, I mean, it very much. Uh... <coughs> well. There is there is a kind of uh, sense that that stuff is probably acceptable in CBBS, you know. Nobody's paying that much attention. Well, true, and anybody that is paying attention is probably kind of middle class anyway and thinks it's okay. <laughs> class war for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, g- g- given we're such working class heroes, <laughs> working class heroes, yeah, sat doing sat sat doing our podcast on children's TV. Um, yes, um, as we record this on my iPad while I drink uh, craft beer in in uh, my dining room. <laughs> yeah, my, my front room with some 30-year-old whiskey. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, now, uh, I think for me, I felt with this episode, there's certain points in your life when you really properly get the fear. I mean, the first <laughs> one is when your parent or your parents' friends start getting ill. Like properly ill, like whether it's your mm. parents or your parents' friends, like then you start to kind of like think about mortality and people close to you. Then anytime you hear the Antiques Roadshow theme, that, yeah, that, I mean that that's always been true. Um, the time I heard the Antiques Roadshow theme whilst ironing my daughter's school uniform for the first time, that was like genuinely fear-inducing. Yeah. Then there's the point at which you realise all the stuff you liked when you were younger is now considered retro. Mm. And then when you see bands you used to like when you were younger on the bills for festivals, which also prominently advertise face painting and children's entertainment. Yes. Or even when they're into that um, 
festival circuit, which is um, the, the, where they finish, the, finish at half past nine and everyone goes to bed. Festival circuit. Yeah, ones where they're not billed as nostalgia, but that's the uh, the, the clear implication. I keep seeing I keep seeing Facebook adverts for um, a, a festival that's about to take place in Sunderland called Cubics, and I'll, I'll just find this. Here you go. This is the this is the lineup. Uh, the Levelers. Ash, the Future Heads, New Model Army, Cast, the Selector, Wedding Presents, etc. So it's not you might as well just say that's you know thirty five plus. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah. I'm guessing there'll be an early curfew on it because everyone has to get home for the babysitter. I would have thought so. Uh, there's a there's a big band to still to be announced as well. Um, so who knows? Yeah, um, the I think and it was it, it was my wife telling me Mac. I think you texted me and said Maximo Park are on Yolanda, and I was like okay. Mm. And then we'd got drunk. And my wife said you really need to watch this, and she was right. And I think probably I was two bottles of wine in at that point. And it, I was probably like, "This is, this is a band that I, know, I wasn't massively at Maximo Park, but I like some of their songs. It was kind of like a point in my life when I'd moved to Leeds, and you know, you go. I was going it, it, indie. The music had changed in indie discos, but I quite liked it. Yes, and it was fine and it was acceptable. I didn't feel that old. I was in my early twenties, and this kind of completely undermined it altogether and properly gave me that I'm getting old fear. Yeah, the thing with Maximo Park is that um, with them being a kind of northeast band, is I very much see them as I think they're kind of um, very roughly contemporary in terms of age. Yes, and, and, and so therefore there is that kind of you know that they are in that kind of friends of friends territory, and therefore it is a, a slightly kind of grim indictment of. Of where we find ourselves, I suppose Paul Smith, the um, the lead singer of Maximal Park, I spent most of it trying to see whether, like the infamous internet meme dog, whether there was a real kind of sadness in his eyes. He didn't seem comfortable to be there. I think he kind of. Maximal Park started with this idea of him being a kind of, you know, the, the this uh, kind of uh, sensitive, um, you know, less fascist Morrissey kind of figure, you know, um, as he as he does in this episode, singing lyrics from his from his uh, book, etc., and. Th- there must have been a conversation within this whereby um, they debated whether this was kind of comparable to, you know, when like REM went on Sesame Street. Yeah. Is this the same? Is this fine? And I mean, it, it's fine. It's not ethically dubious, but it's not really, not really on the same level. No, because 
and we might we'll come on to this in a minute. It, it's it never really quite they never really quicker figure quite kind of buy into the idea of what they're doing. I think like if REM on Sesame Street, they they're fully buying into the idea that they're on Sesame Street. But with this, it never quite kind of feels half and half that they're kind of half got one foot in. We're on later with Jules Holland. Mm. And another foot in going, oh, we've got some kids we need to address and talk to. Yeah. And I think that I think that from the age point of view, because they're the same age as us, there or thereabouts, aside from Paul, the lead singer, who's dressed in a, a massive hat and a suit, they all just, everyone else is dressed like I would dress. Well, I was trying to dress slightly smart for going out on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I suppose it's kind of the thing with Maximal Park is with, you know, that. They're down to um, three original members, I think, at this point as well. The thing with Paul Smith, not to, not to um, not to be too critical, but listeners, I'd like to reveal to you that uh, I am very much a bald man, and uh, Paul Smith is very much a man in denial, um, and. I believe uh, has not been seen out in public without a hat for at least fifteen years. Oh, <laughs> that! Might, but it, the, the, I think that was it. There was hair underneath there. Yeah, but I think if you removed the hat, it would be a bit like Darth Vader under there, you know. Right. But then he would look like something like King Charles, like King Charles the First or something, with like kind of like bald on top and like long ringly curlers yeah. coming down. Yeah, I think that's going on. Or like a kind of sinister groundskeeper. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, that that I didn't get the hat. The hat seemed too big. It didn't really fit. Him. The it's suit, distract- the suit it's a distraction it, technique. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the suit didn't really fit either. That not, it distracted me from everything else. I was looking, going, uh, you need to get a suit that fits slightly better. It's not stop making sense, is it? I mean, no, it's, uh... and the and the spats didn't really go with the suit either. These, in the grand scheme of CBB's issues, seem like uh, nitpicking. Yeah, true. Uh, a personal attack on Paul Smith's uh, Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Um, they then decide. I mean, the whole episode. This it's mainly about rhyme. Well, they do the staccato thing at the start, don't they? Yeah. Which is very Maximo Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they decide they're going to write a song. Yes. And which. It- Apparently, Maximo Park have already started writing, which is we're going to the fair. We're so excited. We're taking a, and then the kids are given the option of hair, bear, pear, or chair. Taking hair is uh, mocking them, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Come on, um, Wiggy. You, you wouldn't take a chair to a fair, so I don't even know why that's an option. They go with pear, which seemed odd. It's not something I would automatically take to a... I don't know, Pear seems needlessly bulky. No, you could argue these they paint themselves into a corner. Yeah. Because um, the second line was they end up choosing Bear. I'm so excited I'm going to take my Bear. Yeah. I think they're thinking in terms of General Ben on there at this point. Yes. Sort of on a lead. Running amok. 
then yeah. yeah they then do a weird thing about they said we're now going to do a fact jam where they do facts about the thing they're talking about and they were doing it about music festivals and i was really worried about where that was going to go about whether they were going to start telling kids about how to buy drugs that were all right and on the level how, they, how you knew you probably get testing kits these days yeah um that would be responsible yeah um, I presume you know if you'd had if you'd had Tim in the corner, he could tell you all about it. Now he's a broken man. Very true. Um, they then perform a song, one of their songs, and it it's not. I don't think I was particularly familiar with this Maximo Park fo- song, and I looked it up, and it's from their 2017 album, which is it's not one of their better known albums. No, I mean, when I did think of that, it's like, oh god, you you you've decided to plug the new album, have we, lads? Yep. Which was a bit like, oh no, like it's got to be definitely one for the parents. Yeah, a slight hint of desperation. Yeah, and then they decided to change the lyrics to "My Velocity" to something mm. about songs about ducks quacking in a pond, and I, I think that song in particular was one that was around a lot at a certain point in my life, and whenever I listen, whenever I used to listen to it, I would always go, "Oh, that I remember being out." dancing to that song that's quite a nice memory and now now what i can't get out of my head is the line never never let go of the roundabout when it spins around at such speed as high velocity Mm. i just is that the point you decide to split up (laughs) when you've been on the last well they say you play yolanda's jam band twice in Mm. your life yeah because the you know, it, it comes through to whoever their manager is. And uh, it's like, do you want to do this? No. Well, there's a decent sum of cash in it. All oh, right, okay then. I suppose so. Some parents might buy, might remember who you are and buy some albums. Yeah. That's what it smacks. Because it's not... They never really engage with the kids at the level you would expect or that I've seen in other episodes. It's just kind of like we're, we're kind of here in the corner and we're going to play our songs and make a slight and slightly adapt them. Yeah, it's it's uh, in a way, I suppose it kind of speaks to everyone who's doing a terrible job that um, it was not what they thought it would be. They're now kind of stuck having to pay the bills. There's no escape from it. That's their only kind of discernible skill set. And so on they push. Yeah. Um, accepting that. And that's kind of altogether kind of less wholesome than um, perhaps the other one we're going to look at, which is uh, your particular area of expertise. Yeah, the tube episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Good. Now I will Ooh. start. I'm a big fan of the Chuba episode. I thought you would be. Yeah. So we, again, we we open with this episode with the band Jaminos. They do a song called Bass Face, and again, Andy's sing, singing voice goes to places that a white man's singing voice should not go. Yes, he is uh, confidently diverse. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they, again, the song's perfectly fine. I can live with it. He bears up to repeat listening just. Um, and then we have two of the most uncomfortable men in the world who've been invited. I don't know. The thing is that they're both very good tuba players. Yes. Yeah. Neither, of, But neither of them seem particularly comfortable or happy being there. <laughs> Seems to be dragged there. Um, Theon Cross, who, um, if any, off the back of watching Yolanda's Jam Band, which I think is the whole point of it, that parents watch it and then go away and buy the music I've bought his album and it's very good oh really if you enjoy if you enjoy jazz tuba <laughs> it is, is very it, good well that, that that seems like quite a big qualification it do, well that's why I would qualify I don't want people to go out and buy it expecting it to be uh, listenable unless you like tuba and <laughs> jazz you'll, you'll not enjoy it but you'll you know. not enjoy it yeah it's like people who I recommend uh, should go away and listen to Rufus Harley who's a jag ba- a jazz bagpiper I enjoy it. Other people definitely do not and have fed back to me uh, in quite violent terms how much they don't enjoy it. What does jazz bagpipe sound like? Um, difficult. Difficult, difficult. Lemon I difficult. would play it down Skype to you, but it would sound even more upsetting to you. Essentially, Rufus Harley um, was a, a, he was signed to Chess Records as a saxophonist and wasn't doing very well. And then he saw JFK's funeral and saw the bagpipers and thought, I like that sound. And then he found a pair of bagpipes in a thrift shop and taught himself to play bagpipes, but decided to do it as jazz. Mm. Put out a number of records on chess, was very successful. But if you can imagine a self-taught jazz musician playing bagpipes yeah, to jazz. It can't really be the notes that you don't play with a bagpipe, is it? No, because you're constantly playing notes. You're yeah, never yeah, not yeah. playing notes on the bagpipes. The, the, I mean, the version of Scottish Scotland the Brave is it's it's jazzy as fuck, but it's definitely an acquired taste. I feel like I might have to investigate. Yeah, this. it's worth Google Rufus Harley. Scotland the Brave is the one worth listening to. If anyone, okay. I'll, I'll pop it on the uh, once we release this episode. I'm going to pop it on the uh, I'll pop it on the Twitter feed so other people can one for the real heads. Yeah, uh, but Theon Cross is very good. I like it. I like. I enjoyed his album. Uh, the other guy is a guy called Oren Maxwell, who has a has a tuba named after him, which is I think that's the ultimate 
I'd like a tubonet, a camophone. Yes, I've been distracted. I've just seen a picture of Rufus Harley. He's looking pretty cool. He's pretty funky as fuck, isn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. a black guy in full Highland gear. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to have to download that best stuff. Anyway, carry on. Yep. Um, no, there's better. That. I'll, I'll email you the album she did with a French trio, but yeah, it's very good. Um, so he's got an arena phone, which is basically a, a tuba that sits between, like on the floor between <laughs> your legs. Sorry, I've just seen that Rufus Harley on the bagpipes did a cover of Eight Miles High by the Birds. Oh, that's an amazing video. Right, okay. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so you feel deep. You've gone down Sorry. Rufus Harley. He's covered a lot of different weird stuff. Right. Um, you keep talking. It, do you want to stop and listen? Kind of... Do you want to stop and listen to some Rufus Harley, James? No. Uh, well, not, maybe later. Um, okay. Good. Well, it's on Spotify. Should you all be interested? Yeah. Carry on. Um, I think the problem that I have with this next bit is that it feeds into my deep-seated uh, <coughs> resentment and hatred of anybody that isn't a brass player in terms of musicians. Right. Because they then have a competition to see how low they can do- go. And given this episode is dedicated to tubers, mm. it's pretty fucking rude of Yolanda to then pull up a giant saxophone, which is a wind instrument. Yes, yeah, and pretty course. typical of a, a, an uppity wind player to try and upstage the brass section by pulling out a giant saxophone, which is cheating. If you are, she doesn't even play. It's not like it's her. She plays the saxophone, and she's brought in a giant. What, what, what would that big lad be used for? The big saxophone. Well, I looked this up. It's not used that commonly. No, it it's a contra, a contra, a contra saxophone. And it's uh, apparently it's it's come into use more more recently again. Um, I looked it up on Wikipedia, but it's not used. It was built in eighteen eighteen ninety two. In recent years, it's uh, experienced a resurgence in interest <laughs> because it's fucking huge. I know. It seems it's entirely impractical. It's about three foot tall. Um, yeah. So it's not. In rock music, the violent femmes have incorporated it into the contrabass into the, the live performances. Just showing off. Yep. Um, and it features uh, the um, in most of the albums by the Nuclear Wales Saxophone Orchestra, which I think someone's made up on Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a real thing. But yeah, it just kind of feel like she's trying to upstage the, the tubers. And I found that deeply upsetting. But but not, not unexpected of a wind player. <laughs> I didn't realise there was this kind of underlying Well, almost. if you're looking at arseholes of the orchestra you start with the strings, then wind the percussion guys are generally alright but that's because they're, 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 they're the idiots but yeah, you know essentially the strings are the teacher's pets Yes, wind think they're better than everybody else and then there's the brass lads up the back, basically where the, the the lads up the back, well, the, the people up the back of the bus, you sat at the back of the orchestra, no one pays you any attention. What would you expect a um, Falkirk meat jam maker to play? Falkirk meat jam maker, um, he would probably be in a silver band, to be fair, there's a lot of brass bands around there from former colliery area, isn't it? Mm. Probably um, flugel. Ooh. Falcon Meat Jam. He might be in a pipe band. 
But if he, yeah. I think if he was in a pipe band, he'd be on the uh, he'd be the guy that twirls the big bass drum. Uh, yeah. Beaters, all covered in all covered in meat. Meat, well, well pelts, of course, because the uh, your, your your pipe band drum is always covered in pelts. You probably wouldn't even have to buy them; You'd just get them off, get them from the abattoir next door, wrap himself in yes. them, and go down to drum practice with the pipe band. Gives a pelt, gives some meat, get some jam, get some jam. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was deeply upsetting to me that she tried to upstage the tubers. And then they don't even the little film they then do. Oh, we get do we get the yeah we get a nice little tuba duet before that which I quite enjoyed. But then mm. the middle bit where they do the little film isn't even about tubers. And I, th- I found again I, f- I I kind of feel like Yolanda has been forced to do something on tubers and brass instruments against her will, and so has then inserted a film about a songs about football in the middle of this. Yeah. Which is a bit like uh, it is n- neither as good as uh, Adam and Joe's uh, "Footy Footy Footy Go Go Go" or the best uh, football song of all time, which is of course "Kick Kick Kick" from Hey Dougie. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I don't know. We we have John Gordon Sinclair's "We Have a Dream." Uh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I, What's kind of clear in this episode, though, I mean, not to denigrate the tuba, is that obviously with the Maximal Park one, there's an opportunity for the kids to throw themselves around and bounce around. The kids are very clearly bored by the tubas. Yes, but I don't really feel, like I said, I think that's down to Yolanda not really giving them the opportunity to do what tubas can do. Yeah. Blame Yolanda. Yeah, that's her fault. Um, So they write a song about football. And I was hoping at least for a mildly offensive football chant to come out of it. Yeah. But they just talk about scoring goals. Yeah. It, come, it sounded like a discarded Oasis B-side from some time after Noel left. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's BDI. Yeah. Um, and then they do the dinosaur dance. And the yeah. tubers are relegated to doing the baseline, which is what they're there to do. But it just, again, once again, it felt like... <laughs> a missed opportunity to really show what the tuba can do. I didn't realise this episode was going to kind of descend into being all about tuba rights. Yeah, well, exactly. Or tuba, tubaist, I think is the uh, official name for yeah. it. There was the... It's uh, also uh, fans the, of potatoes. The Brotherhood of the Tuba is an official organisation, but they changed it. They were ahead of the time, changed it in the 70s to be the Brethren. <laughs> brethren of the Tuba. Keep me in the sign up. <laughs> I think they were affiliated to the Black Panthers, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, I think so. The brethren of the tube. Holding the tubers aloft. Tuba yeah. power. Tuba power. My arms are tired. Can I put them down? <laughs> um, so, yes, that was that was Yolanda's jam band. Band yeah. jam. I call it jam band because I suggested that they have they, they, they make a cartoon version with the jams, with some jams as superheroes. Yes, well, yes, as I pointed out, a jam band would be very much a... Yolanda spending 20 minutes noodling away. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll do the tuba quiz now. Ooh. The tuba quiz. So, Aren Maxwell, mm. who played the Arenaphone in that episode. Oh, yes. Do you know what Radiohead song he appears on? Is he on... Is he on Life in a Glass House? 
He's not now. Do you know who Life in the Glasshouse is orchestra? Uh, is that, it's Humph, isn't it? It's Humph, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no. Is, he, oh, it's is the, he on National Anthem? No, the Daily Mail. Oh, okay. And you can see, you can actually see him on the video of the live sessions they did for recording that. Um, true or false? He appeared in the film Captain Corelli's Mandolin. True. That seemed to be a weird thing to. Yes, he was in. Uh, he was in Captain Corelli's Man- Mandolin. Um, he's also played tuba on uh, all of the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. <laughs> Like on screen, not on screen. No, I just is part of the thing. Chased. Yeah. Um. Let me have a look at the next bit of tuba uh, trivia we've got. Uh, true or false? The uh, father of American uh, punk band the Vandals is chief tuba player for uh, Warner Brothers. This is a trick. He's for a different studio. Yeah, Walt Disney. Yeah, I can see the construction of your quizzes. <laughs> he, uh, I can highly recommend listening to uh, the Vandals play that country tuba cowboy uh, where nice. they get their dad on and uh, he plays his tuba in the country style, which is very good. Um, there's a famous tuba. So are you aware of the album Sky? No. It's in lots of charity shops. It's um, there's a song on Armour Sky. It was a an English Australian instrumental rock group, and and they, my dad had Sky One and Sky Two. It, had, it featured um, classical guitarist John Williams and a few other people. There's a song. On, there's a song on that called Tuba Smarties. Mm. Do you know what the one of the, the what the the tuba player on Tuba Smarties is also most famous for? Was he the Zodiac Killer? No, close. He wrote the bass side from Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed. Ooh. Herbie Flowers. Ah, right, okay. Also, See, also. one of my favourite... I was thinking about this the other day, thinking about tubers. The, um, there's the bass line uh, to Rag Mama Rag by the band. Uh, yep. It's played on a tuba. It is. And it was a one take only. Well, well that's all. That's all the tubers need. Yeah, yeah. Blast Famously, through, yeah, blast through, yeah. and you're fine. Um, last tuber question. The um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this question because I'm not sure the way you'd get it if I phrase it that way. Um, what other instrument was considered by John Williams for the Jaws theme, other than the tuba? A kazoo. No, it was the French horn. Uh, a kazoo would be quite a, a different film. On kazoo would be yes. very good, yeah. But not many people, everyone thinks it's the low bit that's done by the uh, tuba, but that's not. It's done. That's a double bass. The tuba plays the really high parts in the Jaws theme. I feel like we've learned about tubas. This has been as much about tubas as it has been about Yolanda. Yep. Which is, I'm not saying that. Welcome to my TED talk on tubas. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. This is, that was John Thomas Johnson, famous tuba player who played on the Jaws, uh, played on most of John Williams' uh, stuff. John Williams loves the tuba. Yeah, he does. He does, and variations on the same theme. Yes. Um, 
I think that's it for Yolanda's jam band. Mm. I feel like it's harmless enough. It's okay, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's. I can. I can. It's. It's one of the more bearable um, things on CBBS. But like you said, the worry is that it's then an entry. It's like an entry drug for Jules Holland's boogie woogie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, everyone I think resents being there, and that's the most crucial thing that we should enjoy about it. Yes, I don't think I've watched one yet where the people on it look like they're a hundred percent committed to what they're doing. Yeah, and that's the only thing. I'm just looking here that the guy that played Tuba on Jaws also played Tuba on every single Lethal Weapon film soundtrack. <laughs> which I think's an utterly and all the Karate Kid movies part one, two and part, Karate Kid one, two and three. Just what uh, a career. and all the Star Trek movies, even the even the odd numbered ones. Following them around. Just on screen at all times. Yeah. Playing that every single Star Trek motion, even the next generation ones as well. What a career. Um that's it for. I'm gonna. If I might start. I feel like I, I was threatened. This is threatening to turn into my uh, much planned Ken Burns seven hour documentary on the history of brass band music, of which half of it is about the history of the tuba. Um, so we should probably end it there. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to TubaCast, then. Um, <laughs> Please, if there's enough demand, I will happily do it. Yeah. Um, Cam, Cam has a Patreon. Well, I see he has a Patreon. Uh, he will accept uh, loose change when you see him in the street. And uh, meats of uh, jars of uh, meat jam. Yep. Even though I'm vegetarian. Uh, if you give him meat jam, even though he's a vegetarian, he, he is obliged to eat it. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's really meat. It's like that no, reconstituted. It's like chicken dippers. Are they really chicken? Well, 80% water, aren't they? That's an excuse you give to your wife when you were found with those chicken dippers. <laughs> Very true. I'm only eating the water parts. Yeah, absolutely. It was crispiness and water, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's it from this week. Um, we, we don't really have any plans as such for uh, what we're doing next. So any suggestions of things you want us to cover, uh, let us know either by email or on, on the Twitters, and we'll, we'll happily cons- consider any and all suggestions. We probably need to do Ra Ra the Noisy Lion at some point. Yeah, he's an arsehole. He is an arsehole. I think that's probably as much as we'd get Ra as an arsehole, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll touch on it at some point. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from James. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 